morning. We're reading Exodus 26, and then we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twisted linen, and blue and purple and scarlet, with cherubim. You shall make them with the work of a skillful workman. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits, and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. All the curtains shall have one measure. Five curtains shall be coupled together to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. You shall make loops of blue on the edge of one curtain, from the edge in the coupling, and you shall do likewise on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in the second coupling. You shall make 50 loops in the one curtain, and you shall make 50 loops in the edge of the curtain that is in the second coupling. The loops shall be opposite each other. You shall make 50 clasps of gold, and couple the curtains to one another with the clasps. The tabernacle shall be a unit. You shall make curtains of goat's hair for a covering over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits, and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. The 11 curtains shall have one measure. You shall couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves and shall double over the sixth curtain, sixth curtain in the forefront of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the one curtain that is outermost in the coupling and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain which is outermost in the second coupling. You shall make 50 clasps of bronze and put the clasps into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be one. The overhanging part that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remains, shall hang over the back of the tabernacle. The cubit on the one side and the cubit on the other side of that which remains in the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tab tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. You shall make a covering for the tent of ramskin dyed red and a covering of sea cow hides above. You shall make the boards for the tabernacle of acacia wood, standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and one and a half cubits the width of each board. There shall be two tenons in each board, joined to one another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. You shall make twenty boards for the tabernacle for the south side southward. You shall make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards, two sockets under one board for its two tenons, and two sockets under another board for its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, twenty boards, and their forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. For the far side of the tabernacle westward, you shall make six boards. You shall make two boards for the corners of the tabernacle in the far side. They shall be double beneath, and in the same way they shall be holed to its top to one ring, Thus shall it be for them both, they shall be for the two corners. There shall be eight boards and their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. You shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the boards of the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle for the far side westward. The middle bar in the middle of the board shall pass through from one through from end to end. 
You shall overlay the boards with gold and make their rings of gold for places for the bars. You shall overlay the bars with gold. You shall set up the tabernacle according to the way that it was shown to you on the mountain. You shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen with cherubim. It shall be the work of a skillful workman. You shall hang it on four pillars of acacia overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold on four sockets of silver. You shall hang up the veil under the clasps and shall bring the Ark of the Covenant in there within the veil. The veil shall separate the holy place from the most holy place. You shall put the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand opposite the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. You shall put the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twisted linen, the work of the embroiderer. You shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia and overlay them with gold. The hooks shall be of gold. You shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. Well, um, we've come to the part of Exodus where we're building the tabernacle. <laughs> and as you can tell, there's a lot of expensive materials going into this. Gold hooks and silver sockets and you know acacia wood covered in gold and fine twisted linen of scarlet and purple and it's all fantastic. And um, imagine reading this and trying to actually build this from these instructions. Very, very difficult. And, and if you were just listening to me as I read, you probably wouldn't really have got any sense of how to go about building it. And I found that as I read it earlier when I was preparing, that I wasn't able to get that good of a sense either how to build this thing. So these are instructions, that's for sure, but they're not, they're not all the instructions you would need if you were going to go and build this. And in fact, that's part of it because halfway through, God says to Moses, make sure you build it according to the pattern you saw on the mountain. <laughs> and that's the bit we don't have. We, did, we don't know what Moses saw on the mountain. So these are part of the instructions, but Moses also saw what it would look like. So those are the two components that go together to, to create it. We've got the verbal part, but Moses also had the visual part. Even though we don't know what it looked like, people have made replicas. So in um, Israel, um, just north of Elat, so there's a town called Elat, it's right down on the bottom of Israel, right on the top of the Red Sea. It's a tourist destination, an interesting place to visit. And just north of there is a place called Timna Park, and they built a life-size replica of the tabernacle and tourists go there to see what it's like. It would be interesting, I'd love to do it myself. And uh, I've seen photos of it, you can Google that. And, uh, but what I noticed in the photos is that it's all white. All the, the curtains that go all around the outside are white and in the middle part, it's all white. And the front tent of the middle part, the front curtain of the middle part does have some red and blue on it. But we, we notice in these instructions that it, the, t the curtains had to be of red and blue and purple. It says with cherubim. In other words, angels were embroidered into the curtains. So this would have been really quite elaborately, brightly colored with angels. And of course, inside the tabernacle, we know that the Ark of the Covenant is there. It's made of gold with angels on the top, 
and all the curtains are red and blue and purple. So this is a very elaborate and a royal looking structure. There's another model that was built in America by Brigham students at the Brigham Young University. So this is a Mormon university. Brigham Young was an early Mormon. And uh, so they made an attempt at building one too, but it was similar, they made it white. They had more color in it than the one in Israel. But I noticed looking at the pictures of the two, the one in Israel had 19 panels of curtains all around the outside, and the one in North America had 18. So you can see that even there's different interpretations with these models. And uh, in the end, um, I don't think anyone will get their model correct because we don't have what Moses saw on the mountain and that's okay. The whole cool thing about a tabernacle is the idea of it is that God is now going to dwell among them. And this is something different to all the other ancient religions. Um, so now God is with them. He's made a covenant with them back in Exodus um, 24. The covenant was finalized. And uh, so now God is describing this tabernacle to be built. He's gonna dwell among them. And what's awesomely cool is that in the Gospel of John, chapter one, it says that the word was flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And when in the Greek language, it's, it's basically, when it says that the Lord took on flesh to become a person, it, it says that he tabernacled among us. So the same idea is there. In the old covenant, the Lord came to dwell with his people and now we've had Jesus in person. God come to be with us. That's really, really wonderful. And the tabernacle, of course, is a forerunner to the temple. If you know your Bible, you know that there's a temple. And then there's another temple, the one that Jesus uh, physically visited. And we know that Jesus said that, that he was the temple. He, he said to the Pharisees that he was going to give them a sign. He was going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. And he was talking about himself, how he was going to die and rise from the dead. He was saying that he himself was the temple. So the tabernacle is the first version of the temple and we, we see that it's a symbol of Jesus. It's a symbol of the fact that God was gonna dwell among us, that sacrifices were gonna be made in the temple, Jesus is our sacrifice, and that it was going to make atonement uh, for us. So everything about the temple, the priest, the sacrifice, it's all Jesus. And so I think that's really, really wonderful. And this is where the temple symbolism really begins in the Bible for us. So I think if we were going to ask for one thing, we would really want for the Lord to be with us. And that's what this tabernacle picture is all about. And I, if you're a Christian and you have one prayer to pray, <laughs> you want the Lord to be with you. You want him to dwell with you. And I'll tell you a funny little story and then we will pray. But, but there's, a, there's a story in the book of Genesis and we covered it you know, a month ago about a place called Mahanaim. And you know, Jacob came to this place and um, he saw angels there and, and he knew that God was there. And so he called that place two camps. He called it two camps because he split his family into two groups. But it, it also, the idea of two camps was that he was there, but God was there. The both of them were there together. I thought this was such a great picture that many years ago, um, I started a business and, and started a family trust with that business and I caught, decided I was gonna call it Mahanaim because I really liked that idea of living with God or God living with you. And when I went to the accountant, he spelt it wrong. 
Instead of Mahanai um with an M, he wrote Mahanai un with an N. So ever since then, <laughs> my family trust has been called the wrong thing. But I know what it was meant to have been called. And that's what we've got here is this whole idea of God tabernacling and dwelling among us. So it's, it's fabulous. And Jesus, of course, came to dwell among us. And then when he left, he said, I will never leave you. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And we still have God dwelling among us. It's just the best thing ever. So Heavenly Father, I thank you. We've got the physical symbol, the type and the shadow here in the Old Testament. And then we have Jesus himself. And then we have the Holy Spirit. I thank you. You have always dwelt amongst your people. And our prayer today would be that you would dwell with us today. Lord, inhabit our praises. Inhabit our hearts. Fill us with your spirit. We want to dwell with you. We want to tabernacle with you. Lord, give us your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, you doing okay? <laughs>